episode 96 of the BizTalk with Bill Roy podcast. This podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Dr. Cindy Claycomb has an impressive CV, having worked for a couple of Wichita's biggest companies before heading to Wichita State University, where she held several positions of leadership. She was elected to the Wichita City Council in 2017, represents District 6, and she is my guest on the podcast this week. Lots of important decisions to be made by the council soon. We'll talk to Dr. Claycomb about that and a lot more. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank Glad you. Glad to be here. First, a couple of notes about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. WSU Tech President Sherry Utash was my guest on last week's podcast. This week, we feature her in the weekly edition of the Business Journal. We talked to Wichita and Kansas leaders about how important it is that Utash is on that Presidential Workforce Advisory Board and the opportunities that can bring. That centerpiece story begins on page 16. This week in our feature on Wichita is a good place to start a business. We talked to Austin Dugan. He's the owner of 86 Cold Press Juice Shop. He started a business in 2016 selling his juices from a cart. His story on page 5. This week we spend 10 minutes with Andrew Weens. He's the Vice President of Government Relations at the Greater Wichita Chamber. Page 23. This week's top 25 list, the area's largest physical therapy facilities, ranked by number of licensed physical therapists. Good information here. It begins on page 6. As always, check out our leads section. Each week you get the scoop on who's setting up a new corporation or who owes back taxes, also new real estate deals, building permits, court judgments. We collect it so you can use it. Starts this week on page 18. Back in a moment with Wichita City Council Representative Cindy Claycomb, right after this. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Cindy Claycomb earned her bachelor's and an MBA at Wichita State. Her PhD in marketing earned at Oklahoma State. She was an analyst at a couple of Wichita's big legacy companies, Boeing and Pizza Hut, Bishop Carroll High School. She made her way to WSU, where she was a professor of marketing, then a dean of the business school, and finally assistant to the president for strategic planning. That was not long after John Bardo took over. She and Charlie live in Old Town. They have a daughter, a son-in-law, three grandkids. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Glad you're here. Thank you. First, I, I think we ought to talk about uh, your working with Dr. Bardo and the impact he had on Wichita State University and Wichita, his passing last week. Yeah, very sad, but uh, the president was just such a visionary, and when you look at what's happened to the university and the changes that have been made there, those are, are his fingerprints on all of that, and uh, it was it was an honor to work for him, and I I would kid him all the time that he changed my professional life because <laughs> I was just a marketing professor when he came and right. he asked me to co-chair the strategic planning process. And then after that, if I would apply for the interim dean and then, you know, and then work for him. And uh, I was perfectly happy being a marketing professor, <laughs> but it was wonderful to be able to work for him. Just a, a great man. John Tomlin 
at NIAR talked about how it was kind of like drinking from a fire hose <laughs> or trying to follow a, put the tracks in front of a rushing train, it trying was. to keep up with him. It was. You had the it, same experience? It absolutely was, yes. And, and, but, but it was exciting. So you liked doing that because it was such an exciting thing. All, all, you know, the vision that he had and the things that we worked on were so great for the university. So you were happy to, you know, lay that track right out in front of him right. as much as you could. So. Big impact on Wichita yeah, and Wichita absolutely. State University. Yeah, well, let's talk about you for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, uh, you grew up where? Here in Wichita. And what did your parents do? My mom and dad were small business owners, and so my dad is a tile man. He still actually does lay tile. Is that right? 84, yes. And they owned some other businesses, did some real estate for a while. They moved away for about 30 years and lived in northwest Arkansas, did the same things down there, but then now are back here in town. Oh, we're glad they're back here. Yeah, me too. Brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have um, two brothers, one that lives here and a sister that lives here. What do they do? My sister just retired from the Derby Recreation uh, Commission. She was... assistant superintendent down there at the DRC. My brother works for Waste Connections, and my brother in Texas is a tile man. (laughs) Just like that. Just like that. You bet. Tell me about why marketing. Why did you go into marketing? Well, you know, I um, my last industry position was at Pizza Hut, and one of the things that I worked uh, one of my positions at Pizza Hut was corporate budget manager. So you're thinking, well, how did you get into marketing? But in a in a position like that, you get to work with all the various uh, departments. And I really liked marketing. And so when I got my MBA, did a lot of work in that area. And when I went to Oklahoma State to look at their program, I was looking at both marketing and management and just decided that the marketing area was a good fit for me. So and I was really glad I did. We called you an analyst anyway, and you just talked about budget. What exactly did you do at both those companies? At um, Boeing, that was my first job out of college. So I was an I was an analyst in. They used to have a subsidiary called Boeing Computer Services, right? And that's where I worked. But I worked in the accounting area. Okay. Um, and did that for a couple of years. Then I went to work at Pizza Hut, and at Pizza Hut, I held several analyst positions in there. I worked for Franchise Services, which is again a subsidiary. And then I worked in. Um, they called it personnel back then, but I worked in HR and right. I worked in IT. And then I um, was a a budget analyst, and then I was the corporate budget manager, and then went on to a couple other, um, you know, managerial level positions there. Uh, when I left, I was manager of accounts payable, so I had sixty clerks and five supervisors that making sure for those me. bills yeah, are paid on sure time. You bet. Paid, that's right. Talk about the transition to academia. What led to that? So I I was working on my MBA. Pizza Hut um, paid for that. They they really saw the value in that, and. Uh, when I was getting towards the end of that time, and, and at that time you had to take 63 hours for an MBA if you had been out of school for more than seven years. So Charlie and I went to, my husband went um, and took every class together. Wow. Or, um, I think we quizzed out of a couple. But um, <laughs> towards the end of that, I realized that I really like the university environment. And so I sat down with um, Dr. Bob Ross, who was the, um, um, he managed the graduate program. And I said, you know, I'd like to come and teach at the university. And he said, well, Cindy, if you don't have a PhD, 
I can't really pay you much. We pay adjuncts, you know, a few thousand dollars, and I and I was being pretty highly paid at Pizza. So I went right. home and told Charlie I was going to go get a PhD, and he said, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> but then we uh, we figured out how to make that happen, and and I loved higher education. It's just really. Um, it's a lot of fun to be on campus with all the students. And I really liked when I taught, you know, if you got a class that you liked, you were sad when they left in 16 weeks. But if you got a class that you didn't really click with, they were also gone in 16 <laughs> yeah, weeks. Exactly. So it was a, yeah, it was, it was a good environment. Uh, you got your Ph.D. at Stillwater. Mm -hmm. So how did you manage that between Wichita and Stillwater? Yeah, so um, Charlie, my husband, stayed here and uh, managed our household. And I had an apartment in Stillwater, and I um, I worked as a, either a research assistant or a teaching assistant to pay for my apartment, and I lived like any other college student <laughs> did for two years. And so I would um, I'd head down usually Monday mornings and spend the week there, and come back Friday afternoons. Towards the end of the semester, Charlie'd come down and do my laundry and <laughs> run errands for me. That's a good husband yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Were, were you in Stillwater the entire time up until PhD graduation? I uh, so I spent. Uh, two years in Stillwater, and then came back to Wichita, um, ABD, all but dissertation, and studied for my comps, and wrote my dissertation while I was here in Wichita, okay. and I worked adjunct at that period, point in time. I did uh, work adjunct at Wichita State, and then uh, we were looking at, at where we might move, you know, and uh, really wanted to stay in Wichita, but you can just never be sure, but they had an opening for a marketing prof professor and did a national search, and I won, so it was great. Talk about the decision. You live in Old Town. You and Charlie live in Old Town. We do. Where did you live before that in Wichita, and what was the decision like to say, okay, we're going to go to Old Town, and you were among some of the first to come yeah. down there. We think we were the first condo owners. Is we that think. right? Um, we, we were living in Derby at the time and had lived there for almost 20 years, and we read an article in the Eagle about this guy. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> this guy, right. Dave Burke, who I didn't know at the time, was building these condos in Old Town. And we right. loved Old Town. There wasn't really much here at that time. There was the pasta mill and a couple of other things like right. that. But we really liked it. And um, I, we were out running one night, and, I, and Charlie said, hey, um, did you read about that guy that's doing those condos in Old Town? I said, yeah, but I figured I'd never get you to, to move into one of those. He goes, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of yard work. And I said, I'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest is history. The we, deal was made yeah, at that point. Yeah. Well, talk about the decision then to go from you, you, you were at uh, do, doing strategic planning at Wichita State, decided to leave there, and then uh, moved into local government. What was that yeah. decision like? What what went into that decision? Yeah, my my last three years at WSU, I was on what they called phased retirement. So I was working part time, and when I announced my phased retirement, um, some people started approaching me, asked me if I would run for city council, and my first response was, "Well, no. Why would I do that? I'm retiring. I'm not going to do that." Right. But as we, um, as Charlie and I talked about that, we recognized that you know we wanted to make sure that whoever represented us on council that we really thought they were the person that we wanted representing us mm -hmm. and we just weren't really hearing at first we weren't even hearing anybody thinking about running and um, so we started exploring that and I started talking to people I think I had um, oh in just a few months I did I did like a hundred personal meetings with people just to tell them what I was thinking about would right. they it, 
would they support me? How do they feel about that? And really got encouragement from people and so decided, okay, well, let's, let's explore that. Really, really explore it and see if it makes sense. And so um, it, it's been great. I'm glad that I did it. It's, it is uh, it is a change, but it is a bureaucracy, much like the university. Right. So those things are common. So you represent District 6. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest issue facing District 6? I think the just District 6, when you think about that, I think the biggest issue is um, neighborhoods and keeping those neighborhoods thriving. Um, and that's easier in some neighborhoods than others. But, for example, neighborhood associations are somewhat of a dying breed uh, i have in in district six we have some that defy that and actually get people to show up for neighborhood association meetings but those neighborhood associations become really important um, when you want to get things done in your neighborhood and so i think that's a big issue we are working on a project my um, predecessor janet miller she allocated the one million dollars from the sale of the hyatt that went to district six to renovate the Evergreen Neighborhood Center. And we are really excited about that in terms of doing that. But we're trying to figure out, okay, what's gonna go in? We can spend a million dollars on this beautiful new facility or renovated facility, but if we don't have good programming, good programming partners in there, then it, it's not worth the money. Right. So it's a it's a challenge, but a good challenge because right. you know we have the money to actually renovate that space. Obviously, still a work in progress. On yes, that. absolutely. Right. Okay, we, uh, we we're recording this the day after your evening meeting. Yeah, talking our about the meeting. ballpark. Yeah, up until about midnight. Yeah. Uh, Talk about that, uh, the whole process. Uh, It was a unanimous vote, so you were in favor of the sale of the ballpark land, those four acres for a dollar an acre. Mm -hmm. Talk about your decision-making process. Right. Um, I was in favor of the entire package deal. So I know there was a lot of concentration on that, that acres and, you know, a dollar an acre. That deal doesn't make sense if you don't look at the whole package. So we had a baseball team that's bringing a triple-A baseball team um, and then a developer who said who has agreed to develop 65,000 square feet um, the baseball team will stay here for 20 years at least with two five-year options after that and um, and then the city and on our part uh, was providing some some land for that private development and then an option on some additional land that they'll pay another million dollars for and so I think um, when I looked at the whole package and understood that, that these are, it's not just, hey, we're giving away four acres. It's that all of these things are coming together as a package, and that makes a lot of sense for Wichita. I just think these quality of life, quality of place things are so important to what's going on in Wichita. And whether um, you like baseball or not, I, I love baseball, mm-hmm. but some people don't. And so what we're looking at here is a is a venue that's going to have 200 events a year. And so 70 of them are going to be baseball games, but the rest of them are going to be other things, festivals, food festivals, music festivals, you know, concerts and um, sleepovers for the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and just just really anything. Someone suggested last night drone racing, and I asked Lou, <laughs> the owner of the team, I said, can we do drone racing? He said, well, we'll check, yeah. you know. So I think, I think they're open to just all kinds of things. And so I think that it becomes just a really important gathering space for this community again whether you like baseball or not is i don't think that really uh, like i said i'm excited that we're going to get a triple a team some people don't even care but 
I think we all care about some, you know, a common gathering space for things. Talk about your thoughts as the uh, land deal came before the council just a few days after it was kind of uh, made public. Talk about that process, the transparency. Obviously, people are concerned about the transparency of the whole thing. Yeah, and last night during the meeting, I did. I told the community that I am committed. I think I think we made some mistakes in our communication. That's obvious now by the the response. And so I am committed to working on that communication with the city manager and with my colleagues. And I think every one of my colleagues on city council are, are committed to that. You know, communication is one of those things you can never do enough of, right? right. You bet. Uh, and um, I had a, a very wise person tell me one time that you can work on improving communication for a five-year period of time, and at the end of that, you survey people, and you say, what's the biggest issue? And they say, communication. And, right. You know, so it's one of those things that's a, a work in progress. And so um, I think, again, we learned from this that uh, there were some things we could have obviously done better uh, during that process and are committed to that. So the land deal has been approved moving forward at this point. Is there anything else out there as far as the agreement with the with the team that may not be complete or we may not know about, that sort of thing? Yeah. Does this take care of it? This takes care of it. There okay. were three agreements with the team. Two of them we signed back in October. So there was a, a baseball uh, development agreement. Right. And there was a facility use management agreement. So those were signed. And those were the ones that talked about the team coming here and all of that sort of thing. And then there was this third one. And, and, um, you know, again, looking back at the time, we should have made it very clear that there is a third agreement. It's going to take us a little bit longer to work on that one, the private development agreement. Uh, We will know who is a part of Wichita Riverfront Mm -hmm. uh, before development? Yes. So even though they're going to – we'll all sign the contract. Before the contract can be executed, um, we have to know who those partners are. And I think, you know, the reason that hasn't been – uh, released is that Lou doesn't know who all those parties are at this right. point in time, and so he's you know making sure he puts that all together. He did. He announced last night that there was a, a group that was part of his team, and so it's not. I don't think he's trying to keep it a secret. I think he's trying to get it together. Is he looking for local folks? In some cases, yeah. The, okay. the people he talked about last night are not local. He used them as an example of the the work that they've done around the country. But he is also talking to local folks. Right. One of the things that uh, the mayor talked about last night was Gander Mountain. Mm-hmm. 700 jobs coming to Gander Mountain. What's uh, what's in there? What can you tell us about that? S- uh, that was the first I'd heard of that. So I'm not privy <laughs> to that information. I... Uh, I say that we knew we know that they that they're working hard to get uh, somebody into Gander Mountain, whether right. that's one big company or you know splitting that up in some sort. Right. Um, and I suspect that's one of those areas where you know someone's approached them and said, or or we found someone and said, hey, we have a space. And so I would imagine we'll hear something soon about that. And we're trying to figure out, okay, seven hundred jobs <laughs> at one location. I'm not sure how many different industries. It's it's probably not manufacturing, yeah. call center, maybe. It, I don't know. It, could be yeah. yeah and like i said i just that was the first i had heard about it century two obviously is another big decision that needs to be made by yeah. this uh, community there are two parts of it performing arts and the convention side yeah and i think that's a really good way to look at it those are i in my mind those are two separate decisions right. because convention center i think we can make a business case for that we're missing out on these conventions if we can't make a business case then we don't need a convention right. center so that's that 
kind of decision. Um, the performing arts, I think, is a different kind of decision. A city of our size needs a world-class performing arts, I believe. Um, I was very pleased with the work that the Century Two Citizens Committee did, and, and it was, I would love to have a group like that for every big issue that I have to, to face. Right. Uh, so they, they did their research, had a lot of information to give to us, and I, I think their you know, thought about moving forward is, is, a, is a good plan. And so that's the direction I think I would like to head. And so we'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. They had talked about a 60-day window site selection. Right. Sounds like that's being pulled back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that Not, might just be a little ambitious. I right. don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say we're pulling back, but I think it's just in government, getting out RFPs takes a little bit of time. And then I think there's people um, in the community who are interested in, in perhaps being a part of that in some way. So figuring out, okay, what does that look like? But I do think the first thing we have to do is figure out, okay, let's look at that site and how do th what would be the best use of that land? Right. And how do you fit those pieces together? So I think that is the very first thing we have to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about what to do with the Century Two Round Building, and right. I had talked with the Citizens Committee and said I would love to to be able to look at those comments that we got from people, and they got several thousands comments, and and I think there was a large group of those comments that were things that were kind of in the middle that are are really viable alternatives that we might want to look at, and so I think we need to take some time to look at those things too to, to talk about okay how does that fit with what, how we move forward. What's the biggest thing that District 6 needs? The biggest thing we need? Um, I think we need, so downtown is in, part of downtown is in District 6. Right. So I think those, the things that improve downtown are useful for District 6. And really, you know, that's everybody's downtown. Though. Right. But as you move out to that next core of um, neighborhoods, I think the need there is to remember that we have infrastructure needs in those areas. We have um, the need for parks in those areas and to, and to not lose that focus on those, on those neighborhoods. Are you enjoying it? I am. I am. I really, I really love this job. I really do. So it's, you'll run for re-election? Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> That's a little ways off, so right, I don't right. have to make that decision. But um, yeah, I do like it. I do like doing this. I, I think I think I can make a difference, and that's you know one of the reasons I ran. And I hope people think that even when we disagree, I hope they understand that the decisions I make are based on the information I have and, and with the knowledge that I think we're moving Wichita forward. District 6, representative on the city council, Dr. Cindy Claycomb. Thanks very much for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 96. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.